Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Red's Bet. Red's Bet tailor-made for Liverpool fans, an online gaming platform which seeks to build long-lasting partnerships with supporters that enable them to share 50% of net profits generated from bets to be used for fan causes and other initiatives that matter to supporters. Uh, that's Red's Bet. You know where they are by now. Uh, I'll mention something more about them towards the end of the show. Uh, but I've got with me Gareth Roberts, Paul Senior and Jay McKenna. Uh, and we're just going to get stuck in straight away to Liverpool 3, Bournemouth nil. And Gareth, we're in danger of normalising brilliance. We're in danger of going to Anfield, watching Liverpool take a solid mid-table side apart, uh, never really let them get a kick for 75 minutes at least, and go, oh yeah, that's just what we do. Well, it hasn't been what we've done for 10 years, for, for most of 10 years. No, exactly. And, you know, we're the only team now, aren't we, in the 90, you know, the 92 league teams with a with an unbeaten record at home. Are we? Uh, yeah. I didn't know it was the whole, yeah, was the, yeah, the yeah. whole league. Uh, I mean, you know, there's six draws in there and obviously I think we'll come on to that, but, um, you know, that that's their drop points, obviously. But, you know, the more and more that Liverpool are just, you know, starting to tear sides apart at Anfield, the more and more we're all going to get confident that, you know, they can do something next season. And I think um, there was a part of me that was a little bit, I worried a little bit about it going into the game. I thought, you know, when you put so much into City over two legs and it was, what, three three games in six days or something like that. And then to see the side with, with only one change, I just thought, you know, is there... Is there the possibility that they run out of steam? Is there the possibility that they've expended so much energy, so much mental power, whatever you want to call it, in those games that you know there's, there's a little bit of a hangover? But there wasn't at all. And like, and you know, we're up in seven minutes. We could have been up in three minutes. You know, Trent gives a taste of the ball he's going to play later to to, to Mo, <laughs> and he actually he actually misses a very presentable chance there. But yeah, you know. This isn't a normal thing at all, no, and, and and certainly not to go. Hopefully, go a season unbeaten at home in the league is a bit is a big you know a big mark in the sand that we're ready to put in a legitimate title challenge again. And I think people should start getting excited about that. And it's not only it's not only just tearing apart a, a mid table side; we're a decent one as well, as you say. It, it's the fact that we're getting. It feels like we're starting to get blasé about having a lad who's scoring forty goals, and, and you know, there's only there's only Hunt and Ian Rush who've done that ever in Liverpool history, and it's a bit like, oh, Mo scored again. He was always good, who wasn't he? We're going, he coming up, mate. You know what I mean? It's it, it, this is good. This is great. This is what it feels like when you've got a good team to support and one that's going places. And so, yeah, maybe we should all be getting a little bit more excited than we are. Seven nil against Bournemouth across the course of the season, Paul. I felt the four nil away from home win was a bit of a marker win back last December and I thought at the time people weren't quite 
weren't quite treating it as seriously as perhaps they should have done. And one of the things, you know, Bournemouth have only had two defeats in 14 before they turn up at Anfield. And listen, they very much walk into the game second favourites, but that's because of how good Liverpool are. Yeah. And we've got to we've got to be saying this is this is some football team are watching. It is, yeah. And I think maybe we're guilty as, as Liverpool fans sometimes of when things go really well, we just go, well, this, almost treating it like this is how it's always been. And this is now it's always been, not in my lifetime anyway. So we were talking with Gareth then on the Talking Reds video we've done just about like just how how good we are and how how um you know these these are the fixtures that Liverpool would almost have a hangover for. We used to talk about, you know, post European games and not necessarily you know, these are ones that you go and play Spartak Moscow at home where Liverpool would go and draw in my t- in my time against Birmingham the weekend after or something like that. But now Liverpool are going out and beating Decent sides like Bournemouth, 3-0, in what felt like second gear. And that, that's the thing I'm taking from it is, you know, the people don't want to sort of expend too much energy at the moment. So they can go, you can go and win a game, look really good, but also, you know, just be so comfortable throughout. And that, that that's, the, that's a marker of the progress that we're making for me is the fact that you can do that against a lot of sides. I mean, the other, the other one as well is the confidence in the fact that goals will come. You know that, that a second goal will come. So even at at one nil, you know it went one nil from six minutes onwards. But there was no there was no panic. Even when Bournemouth was starting to come back in the game, there was no there was no roar from the cop. There was no shouting at Liverpool as Bournemouth started to get back into it because you're just confident that this Liverpool side have got it boxed. Yeah, uh, Jay McKenna, uh, you brought the first day of spring with you today in your shorts. Uh, Liverpool <laughs> absolutely dominated the game. Uh, they absolutely bossed it. I mean, that's, for 75 minutes at least, Liverpool were just on top all over the pitch. Yeah, and, you know, the, the points the lads have, have raised, right, Liverpool started in a gear and at no point were we thinking, you know, we're looking trouble here. It was more a case of, we'll just slowly step this up as we need to. We'll just keep, you know, cranking the pressure up bit by bit until we get that second goal. One of the really, I noticed this during the game, because um, where I am low down in the cop, everyone seems to have this uh, idea that shouting at your own goalkeeper is one of the best things you can do. <laughs> um, and they stopped doing it. And it's that confidence thing that Paul said there. You know, the carriers just got the ball, and he's passing it out to someone who's passing it back to him, and no one's screaming, saying, Why didn't you just kick it, you divvy? They're just actually saying, That's oh, good, that mate. Yeah, well done. There's only a few people now shouting us. Like, this is like a, we've taken them on a journey because everyone is looking at Liverpool and thinking, Yeah, we're going to win this game. And no longer when it's only 1-0, thinking, why haven't we scored a second? We're not getting to half-time, you know, just before half-time, I remember saying, you know, we want that second just to stop the, the onslaught that'll come from them seconds half with set pieces. But even, you know, beginning of the seconds half, you know, Liverpool have this thing now where whatever the performance has been like in any half, we've done this again, sec- you know, seconds half. We come out and it's like, it's like it's a new game. It's like none of what has happened in the previous 45 minutes has influenced them in how they're going to play. They're going to come out, they've been in, the manager's given them instructions, and they're going to come out and play, and come out and play. They did. I think we spent, you know, so much of that off in in, in Bournemouth's territory, territory particularly wide, getting the ball, watching them drop off. You know, Bournemouth are a really good team, but they, but they knew they had to be organised. They're very well drilled, and they did. And they didn't try and frustrate and play negative football, but you know, they just tried to work a system, keep it tight, hope that they could maybe try and pinch one. But Liverpool were just relentless. Liverpool just kept finding those gaps, and you know, that ball for Arnold to Mo is one of them where it's like. You know, we're going to try this. You know, we're going to put that in wide. Only Salah's in the box because we'd found that space. Bournemouth were left wanting, and we just found a way to get that next goal without actually looking like they broke into a sweat. I, I think Big Virgil's hand signals have almost calmed the ground down as well. You know, it's it's just calm it down. Yeah. I think you know Liverpool 
I'd say pre his arrival. You know, this isn't the, the the grounds calmed down over a couple of years. This is the grounds calmed down over a couple of months. You know, we're we're, un, we're unbeaten at home all season. And obviously, that helps. But there's a, there's just a confidence around it. You know, the, I think that we've been guilty in previous seasons, and I think maybe that even the manager has visibly been perplexed by why we're so angry at the things they're doing. And since since the turn of the year, I'd probably say the, the Derby game where Van Dyke comes in, Carius comes in around that time, you know, Robertson's properly into the team. There's just a confidence that we'll just get the job done. You no, know, you see that the weekend again. You Neil, you've been talking a lot about it's like starting at one nil now with Mo Salah. But it's the three of them on the score sheet. You know, you, you almost sympathise with Roberto Firmino at the moment that in any other season, he would be the darling of the yeah, cock. He's got, he's got 25 now. goals. He's got 25 goals. You know, this is Fernando Torres' numbers. You know, Michael Owen only ever scored 19 in the league season once. or That was his best return. And, and you think of the player he was, he won the Ballon d'Or. You know, and we've got... He's, this is a lad that's playing second fiddle to Mo Salah, who could potentially break Ian Rush's record. It's yeah, meanwhile, Mane's playing boss as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah probably I the most th- aggressive number 10 in, in European yeah. football at the moment. Yeah, scores a goal. I mean, it, it's just all good, isn't it, at the moment? So everywhere you're looking, you can see like supreme confidence in, in every player, really. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that obviously don't like the, you know, don't like Dejan Lovren, don't like the fact that he might do an interview here and there and, and get, get, get themselves in a twist over that. But he, you know, he's another one where he's he's definitely benefited big time from being alongside Van Dijk, and he, he looks a much more confident player. And you know, I think there's maybe one moment where he tried to to play offside, but other than that, you know, you're nitpicking really to look for something that he's done wrong. Um, and, and you know, he's fantastic against Man City as well. So you know, th- this I, I think anything. It's not just in football; it's in anything. If you're confident about something, if you're feeling good about yourself, you you are capable of much better performances than when you're not. It also goes without saying, almost stating the obvious a little bit. But that's what you're seeing from Liverpool now, all over the pitch. They're enjoying themselves. They've got smiles on their faces. They're trying things. There's a little bit of skill that Mo does there. At, at one point, I still don't know what he, how he did it. So a bit beardsy esque. He just beat someone with this weird sort of drag thing that he did, and I was like. I'm having that, but, but, but we are becoming blase about it. You know, Andy Robertson as well. You know, Trent's getting a lot of the, the headlines because of fantastic performance and a great ball. Mo's getting the headlines because he's breaking record. You can go right through the team and, and sort of, and you know, Henderson has a good game. Chamberlain has a good game. The keeper's looking, as mentioned, is, look, is looking a keeper. You can hear him shouting, he's coming for balls. He's getting things right all the time. You know, I, I don't think with the keeper on that. I don't think you're scared anymore. Thinking no. even when the ball gets played back in a tight area, you so, you know you see goalies do this. We've seen Mignolet do it a lot, a lot of times. The ball gets played back. You know, the the centre ass. You know, six seven yards away from them. They've got to play it back fast to get it away from their man. And it's coming to the keeper. And, and plenty of times, even firstly under carriers, you think because we experienced Mignolet, you're thinking this is going to be like miss kick. This this is going to hit him. He's going to miss it. Any one number of mishaps can happen. And now you're like, no, he's just going to deal with this. Mm. He's just going to do his job. I think the thing and. No, it's not to draw comparisons to the season for obvious reasons, but there was something in 2005 and how we played and how we developed under Benitez in that the players he had, he signed them and he developed them and they become more consistent. So Alonso wasn't the world beater that he went on to be. He helped them become more consistent. And, and I think this is what Liverpool have been missing for ages. Lads that constantly do seven and eight, seven and eight every week with a few nines on top. And now, just look at the team in the last few weeks, and I know that the business end, but it's easy for Liverpool to throw in 
in recent seasons, you know, a loads of lads on five and six and a couple on a four. And now the lads are so consistent. You're not thinking Andy Robinson's going to have a bad game. You're not expecting it from the centre-halves. You may be expecting a mistake or two, but that happens to defenders. You've got good attackers, you know, making chances. The full-back, you know, Arnold coming into a team at 19, he's had, you know, a difficult game against United and he's just come back and played. So he's had a blip, but then he's been consistent again. It hasn't been an up and down. It's not 10 one week, seven the next. It's, it's consistent. And I think that makes it easier for, for Klopp and the players to go out and say, right, we're just going to do this. We're going to get this done. There was almost like a, a statement of defiance for me at, at the end of the Man United game where we went, where I think in previous seasons there would have been inquests into what had gone on there. But at the end, the Liverpool fans in the ground just continue to sing and almost believe in, in where we are as a football club. You know, the, the LALALA song rang out for the 40 minutes or whatever we were kept in the ground. And it was it, it was saying, I think, no, we still we still believe that you're that good. Yet Man United have won, but we don't care because we're still better than you. We Honestly, it, the, the, the mindset shift amongst Liverpool fans... Is in, is incredible. I mean, this I I'd probably say, and this could be a trophyless season. It, it, you know, you may well end up winning the Champions League, but you may well not. You might might just achieve what we achieved last season and finish in top four. But I can't I can't think of a time in, in my lifetime where I've gone to the game thinking with this good. Even under Rafa eight oh nine, there was still weaknesses. I would say, you know, there was you know the drop off from Torres to maybe like an Ngog or something like that was massive. Whereas now I just feel uh, like I'm on cloud nine as a Liverpool fan. I really am. I, I like I like the idea of of Klopp saying that he wants them still sort of playing with anger as well. And mm. and to me that that shows you a a shift in how they're dealing with things. Look, I I keep taking the piss out of it, but I, I do understand the thing about interviews from certain players and you being upset about it. But you've got to let it go, lads, because it, it, there's a different mentality about the group of players that you see. And now, and they're managed by this manager, not a different manager, and they're better than certain players that have been at the club in the past and things like that. It's all right for them to talk to the media about the club going well because the club is going well. And the thing about playing with anger, I really like because what Klopp means by it, obviously, is that he doesn't want them getting carried away with it. He doesn't want them getting carried away with the praise. He doesn't want to take the foot off the gas, basically. And he talked about in his press conference the idea of if there's oxygen, if there's energy, he's backing this side to be able to beat anyone. And I'm I'm right behind that. I mean, there's only one small phase, I think, in the whole match where Bournemouth get into it a little bit. And maybe then you thought that he started to tire, but he found something else to, to, to go again towards the end. I think, and I think there was a nice sort of 15-minute spell from Liverpool as well in the game where they just slowed it down, they just kept the ball, not a lot happened, and that's fine. And, and, and as well, like Jay's been saying, the crowd were fine with that as well. There was no panic. You know, there's been panic in the past about only being 1-0 up and things like that. There wasn't now. There's a trust there. And, that, and, and you know, it's easier to operate as a player, I imagine, in that environment rather than everyone being on your back and being panicking and worrying about things that have happened in the past. We're in a really good place and we just need to stay there, keep going, to, you know, end the season on a positive, uh, in a positive manner, hopefully with an unbeaten record. And that's a great thing to take into next season. And, and it's an obvious place where you can improve as well because for all that we're bigging up the home record, those six, those six draws mean that <laughs> madly Arsenal have actually taken more points than us at home. They're just absolutely awful away, so that's fine. But it shows you that little place for improvement. Like you look at it and you go, "Well, how are Liverpool going to crack ninety odd points next season if City are this good next season?" Which they probably will be. 
well, there's the little room for improvement, being more ruthless at home. And I thought it was interesting how they played as well. You know, that, that Trent's early ball into Mau, it, was, it wasn't just with Mau, it was with all of the front three. Those early balls, quite central as well, not looking to, you know, get all the way down to the line and whip it yeah. back across. They were early ones into them. And, and to me, that's quite a confident thing to do because it's like, I'm going to ping it at him there. And yet, Ache might be close to him and all that, but I'm backing him. Because he's, I'm he's, gonna find him and he's I'm, gonna find I'm space. Gonna, yeah, and you know the ball, the ball for Mo's goal, it cuts out Ache. Who I thought had a good game, um, and and Mo, you know, just Mo does something special again. But that that it, it's that a very fine margin. But they're backing themselves to find those yeah. fine margins now. You know, you can see the confidence coursing through the whole team. They give themselves the, the other thing, and where you can see that particularly well is they'll trust themselves under pressure with the ball. Yeah. Chamberlain's really good at it. He'll take it with a man up his backside and he'll turn him. When Alden done it loads in the derby, don't get me wrong, I was scared of, of him doing it <laughs> yeah. in City because I was thinking, you know, they pinch the ball and they're away. But when Alden, how many times did he take the ball in the derby with his back, you know, to Snyder or someone else and he'd turn, he'd find space, he'd drive away from them. And Liverpool trust themselves to do that now. They, they trust themselves to play on their margins and they're the margins of really successful good football teams. City do it. They back themselves in that space. They back that when that man gets that space and has that ball, someone will find space for him and make space for him to run into, for him to pass to. And Liverpool are trusting themselves to do that now. And it's really good to see it coming together in a very different way than the way City play football. I think this is one of the hard things for teams, you know, for Bournemouth who, who like to keep the ball, like to play football. You know, they're not a, they're not a horribly negative team. The... How, how do Bournemouth prepare for that game? What do they think? Are they thinking, right, we come and we sit? Well, okay, Liverpool are happily just have the ball in front of us. They can pass it, they can keep it, and they'll trust that maybe they get a chance. So Bournemouth aren't, don't you want to sit? They're going to play some football. Well, you suddenly, you no longer got this counter attack. They're not worried about, you know, Liverpool bursting forward four or five and getting men in the box. There's Arnold whipping the ball in from very deep in the Bournemouth half into, into Salah. They're doing that early. Firmino scores with a shot that, you know, where we're playing nice football in and around the box. So it's suddenly like, how do you approach this game at Liverpool? Because with City, you know they're not doing that. They're not going direct. They're not willing to take do that early ball, early release, unless it's like, you know, big acres of space. You know, the goal he scored against Tottenham at the weekend, there's big acres of space. Company plays Jesus in. Usually they're getting in all around the other team's box and little bits of nice football, pull it back, feed someone through for a little one, four, five-yard passes. Whereas Liverpool are like, no, we can, there's loads of different ways we can play here, and that will scare teams in the Champions League. And it will, it is a, it is a good springboard because now you're thinking to yourself, you know, we say this, I think every summer we don't want Liverpool to just buy squad filler, but it's very hard to think to yourself, well, where do Liverpool desperately need to improve? There's nowhere where they desperately need to improve. So it's the first summer in a while where I think we genuinely get to say to ourselves, we go and sign the better, better version, and Kaiser does that. You sign a first teamer. You maybe do that with a forward or a winger or someone. You're saying, we we sign a first team. I don't think you need to answer the goalie question anymore unless a mega goalie comes along and he's available and you don't have to go and break the bank and spend all your dollar on a goalie. You, you get to go and make significant improvements with your spend because the players have stepped up. They've shown I can perform at this level consistently now. And I think, you know, I think they've made a very, very hard decision for the manager in the summer. But even in the Champions League, you know, if we beat Roma... You know, most of us would probably pick our team here for home, but there's players in and around that where you think, I wouldn't mind him playing. He probably deserves a game. You know, Chan probably deserves a game in a semi-final or a final. Henderson probably deserves a game. You, you're going to have a bench of like, you know, six or seven players where you could easily imagine 
they could come on second half in a Champions League final and we'd still be the same. This wouldn't be like, you know, a patchwork team that we had in 2005 and the, you know, the sort of mishaps in, in 2007 who suddenly who just managed to fit together nicely. You know, this is a team of, of genuine quality. I um, There was there was a, a thing last summer where I was getting frustrated with Liverpool fans when, when, they were, when we were talking about buying footballers and people were going, yeah, they're not going to be happy sitting on the bench. And then, I was I was looking towards the latter stages last season of Bayern Munich's bench and there was Vidal, Alonso, um, Douglas Costa, who's at Juventus, all these lads and go, Bayern Munich aren't worrying about having up, up unhappy players. This is this is a problem that, that winners that winners yeah, have. Exactly. Yeah, so this season, I think that's that's what you, Jay's absolutely right. It's lads who you think should be playing in the first team, but they're not because the lad who's there at the moment, you just can't get ahead of him. But you've also seen last few weeks, <clears throat> Paul, there's loads and loads of games. Yeah. That when you get to the business end of a season, when suddenly, you know, when you're suddenly in March and you're in April and you're in May, suddenly everyone's a key player. There's very few lads who don't suddenly become key players. I thought, Paul, one of the things I took from the game on, on Saturday was it was the first time in a while, and I do mean a while, where there was, there was at least an extensive period of the game where you felt like Liverpool's midfield were the, were the outstanding performance. Yeah. And that hasn't been the case because when you've got lads up front, and they both they all score on, on Saturday, don't get me wrong, but when you've got lads up front playing the electric football they've been playing, and when you've got Van Dijk, and, and it's often been Lovren pulling in the sort of centre-half post partnership performances they've been pulling in, um, yeah, it's easy to sort of to gloss over what's happened elsewhere. I thought that Saturday for an hour was a quintessential Liverpool centre midfield performance. All three of them showcased in different ways what all three of them can do for this club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I come out the ground and seen a stat that Genie Wijnaldum had a hundred percent pass completion. That's phenomenal. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think there was too much pressure on Genie Wijnaldum in terms of being pressed and whatnot. But he's, you know, it's it's still an achievement. In Klopp's post-match press conference, the the uh, the the reporter was oh Alex Oxley Chamberlain and Jordan Henderson has a good match, and I I just knew. He was going to go, home. and what about Genie Wijnaldum? I thought he was fantastic. Do, do, and Klopp's absolutely right. All three of them were fantastic. I mean, I thought Henderson was absolutely brilliant. Some of his range of passing maybe dispels the myth that he's a poor technical footballer. I think he thought he was excellent. Oxlade-Chamberlain, again, you can see he's, he's so much walking on air at the moment. You know, the confidence to just go round a man, take that ball in stride and drive at them and hit, hit them hard. Fantastic. And then again, you know, I thought Wijnaldum on the back of an unbelievable performance against Manchester City, playing as the number six today in that game, he plays again in his more natural position and has a real influence on the game. And, and these have been the sort of water carriers for this to enable this Liverpool team, a team that's impressed from full-back. Of the obvious front three that have drawn all the praise, but, you know, these lads can't do it without them, you know, and... These are the, like, the guys that are quietly going about winning the battles, which enables Trent Alexander-Arnold to get wide. You know, even in previous games with James Milner, he's faci- he's facilitating the full-backs to be able to be as influential as they are. It was nice to see them get a bit of praise at the weekend. It's the collective as well, though, isn't it? The, it's the collective as well. That's that's so positive about it all. I mean, there was one moment there which I really, really enjoyed, and you're probably going to laugh as to why I enjoyed it, because, you know... 
I'm I'm daft, aren't I? But I, I, I like I like it when lads get stuck in. I know that I know it's less of a thing in football these days, but it's not a thing I enjoy. So, was, and there was there was a moment where you know we, we know the press and we know the press as a collective, but all, the three of them pounced on a fella and Henderson went right through him to, to win it, and it was just a great moment. And I, and I just thought, you know, those doubts that I mentioned earlier about oh well, it's only Bournemouth and it's it's only this game after after a huge two games against City and all that that showed to me that. They weren't thinking about it that way. No, and and, and I really, enjoy, I just really enjoyed that. Like that absolute, I'm winning this. You're not going nowhere. You're not getting through us. We're keeping clean sheets. There, there, there is a thing with the midfield as well. Is their awareness of the game, the awareness of what's going on around them. It can't be underestimated because we use our fullback so much, and I've noticed this in the last few games. And it's an, you'd expect people to do this at any level. Someone fills in, but usually it's someone's barking at you. You know. Your left back's gone forward, you cover left back. It's the manager screaming. But instinctively, Milner and Chamberlain the last few weeks have been filling in at full back to let Robertson and Arnold get forward. So at one point on Saturday, Oxley Chamberlain's playing left back and because Robertson's gone on. But at no point are they desperately looking for that. I'll, I've got to swap back. I can't possibly play this position for any prolonged periods. Because they're good footballers, really intelligent footballers. And they know. They're not also thinking, well, I've got to get up there because I'm better than him up there. They're thinking, no, we can go and do that for a bit. We've done it the last home game for this. It's been against City. Arnold and Robertson ended up swift. For five minutes. And at no point would they thinking, right, let's get it out so that we can swap back. It was like, no, no, we can do, we can do this, lads. Uh, Robertson can play right back for a bit and Arnold will, will play left back and they're going to do the job. And they, 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 when it finally went out, I think it was a City throw at the corner and they just jogged past each other. And there was just that little nod of like, well then, mate. You know, because they didn't need to panic because this Liverpool team is supremely confident in its own skin. And I think that's... That's just something that we can't measure, but we we will only see. And it comes to your point about how successful we'll be this season. You know, we've said this in, in past podcasts talking about you know, it, you know, you, you have certain milestones. We, there's an expectation now, Champions League of Champions League football. We want to go deep in the competitions. I think we've got to do a bit better in domestic. But, you know, we've gone deep into the Champions League. There's every chance we're in a final. We're in a sniff to win it. That you more than we'd have expected. But subjectively looking at this Liverpool team, you're like there are marked improvements all over the place. Well, Improvements in the players we sign, how they fit into the system. We haven't just, you know, we didn't just go and sign a midfielder for the sake of it. We went and signed Oxley Chamberlain, knowing he was gonna fit into the system, whether it's a bit part player or a more permanent member of the team. And that was a more permanent member of the team. And they're just confident that the lads just think, no, we can do this. This is just now normal for Liverpool. And that's a, that's incredible to think how far we've come under clock, how far we've even come this season. That these lads are just like, no, this is just this is just what playing for football for Liverpool is all about. And you know, God only knows where he can take them with another season of development. When you talk about them swapping positions, Jay, one of the things that occurred to me when I was watching it on Saturday, because I saw that I saw it happen three or four times. I think the Oxley Chamberlain left back example is one of the best ones. But it's when when it happens when we're on top. One of the reasons why I think everybody looks really comfortable with it is it's because well, I'll just attack from left back in a minute. Yeah. The, the way play will develop is I'll get my opportunity suddenly before you know where, where, where I am now coming at these from a different angle. They haven't seen me coming. Yeah. I can go and do two minutes at left back, three minutes at left back, because in a minute, the ball's going to be fed to me. And now suddenly I'm bearing down on them in this position. Yeah. And by the way, by the time I get up to the edge of their penalty area, it doesn't matter who's left back. I've got the ball and we're about to create a chance. And I think that's, it's the attitude, I think, of all over the pitch. There's this attitude of we can... We can make this happen. That it's going to happen from somewhere. You know that we can interchange. We can take little turns. We can look after each other because we're looking after each other from such a position of strength, from so much dominance, which the midfield helped underpin in that first hour. Yeah, the the, the, the team don't it, even when we play. 
it's 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 hard to think the the, the playing in an orthodox way. You three you three aren't wide. The, the amount of times Firmino and Salah cross as we're on the attack is is phenomenal. Salah starts wide obviously and drifts in centrally. Firmino naturally runs that he runs that channel and then just pulls out wide. And you know the chance he had when he missed it. He, he runs on side. Salah goes inside him. The goal against City in the Champions League. Salah's gone inside of him and he stayed there. Now instinctively you think, well, hang on, you know, why, why has he left that space? But the players aren't thinking, you know, well, hang on, this is my space. And this this comes to it in the past. In the past, Moreno would have got forward and no one would have filled in at left back. And then they'd have broke and we'd have all been berating Moreno, Moreno to say, where were you, lad? Why did you bomb up there and leave your space? It's like, no, it's not just his job. It's everyone else's job and they fill in. And Salah knows that now. And Firmino knows it. They're, they're like. And, and this comes to, to how well all front three are doing. And I don't think Salah's done an interview, hasn't he, over the weekend where he said, you know, he'll sacrifice all the goals for Champions League and the things you want people to say. But I genuinely believe it because I think as far as they're concerned is no matter who gets it in the box, let's just worry about, you know, let's just worry about winning. Firmino could have scored earlier, but he's, you can see he wants to just pass the Salah but because he knows there's a man there now because they're confident that these players are going to do their role and everyone's doing it. And the only... And you know, it comes to it, and Man City are really good at it, and other teams, are, you know, I don't know, other teams are good at it. But it comes to the way that you know mentality Barcelona used to have, and you know, Xavi done an interview where he said, you know, it's not about the team, it's not about it's not about individuals, it's about the team, and it's about thinking, well, right, can I pass there? Can I pass there? And you just expect to know someone's going to make a run into that space, so you play it into that space, knowing someone's going to make that run. And that's what Arnold gets at the weekend. Arnold doesn't, he knows Salah's making the run. But he knows where Salah's going to make that run because he knows he's got players of quality who are thinking like they are. So he, you know, in the there's lots of times where he tried that run and it's slightly overhit. But it's really good to see that that's the instinct from Liverpool, isn't to think I'll wait till he's made the run, then I'll try and cross it. By which point the centre halfs got back a yeah. bit, and you know I've got to now thread it through the eye of a needle. It's like no, I can play this there because one of them three are instinctively going to make that run. There's and a cleverness really there, isn't there? There's a constant cleverness there about the way Liverpool play, and it must be a nightmare to play against and also prepare against them. I mean, I, I was wondering what, what Bournemouth must have been thinking when, you know, they've done all the prep. Like I said before, you know, Ake is very close to, to Salah for most of the game and has a decent game at, at Anderlin, really, even though he ends up scoring. But, you know, they must have been looking at it going, hang on, we never did, we never did no prep on Arnold. And he, he's, on, he's on corners, free kicks. He's, he's bursting forward at, from the back. There was a moment where he looked like he wanted to have a go at goal as well, and it's like you know ends up being you know he walks away with man of the match award. He didn't see that coming. No, you know what I mean. They haven't prepared for that. They've, they've probably been doing loads of prep on the front three, and then equally you got Chamberlain bursting from midfield and joining in Henderson having a good game, Robertson on the other side, and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> don't know, don't know what we do here. The pace but... of the, the pace of the lads doing it though must be really hard for people to cope with because. You've now got Robertson, you know, you've got Chamberlain based and a, and a midfielder comes across to think, I'll, I'll block his channel, I'll stop him making that run into the channel, you know, that 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 space he's got. And he's left Robertson because Robertson, who was, you know, the last time that the right-back looked was, he was on the halfway line. He's suddenly, you know, halfway into Bournemouth's half and it's like, he's not stopping him. And and he gets back and Arnold does the same thing. The pace of the team and all is like, this is, you know, even lads who don't look like the sprinters, you know, don't look like they need to be fast. It's like the ground Liverpool can cover just makes our game possible. And it, it just has all come, you know, it's come together really well. Klopp has found a, a system and players and 
you know, an identity with them that, that just suits everybody. It's, that, it's, that con- sorry, mate. It's, it's okay. just that constant development, though, that I that I think is really like so brilliant about it, and and, and is you know lifting me when I'm thinking about the Reds all the time. It's like you know Robertson struggles at first, doesn't he? And he has that long you know long time till he gets another chance. Really, now you you can't see him not starting for the team. You, you know he's brilliant. He's getting better and better all the time. You know he's talked about now as being one of the best in the league and what a bargain he is and all this. It wasn't very long ago that you know people saying it's not good enough. Um, equally, the other side, you know, the developments even matter with him. You know, Arnold literally, you know, a few games ago, a month ago, is is, is being talked about as being a weak spot in, in Liverpool's side. He's a, he's going on social media himself and apologising for his performance against Manchester United. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he's the youngest English fullback to have played in a in a Champions League quarter final, and over the, and over the two legs, he absolutely kept Sane asleep. So. You know, his reputation all of a sudden has gone up tenfold and there's people talking about him going to Russia with England. And it's like, this is only in a matter of weeks. You know, he's two players that are only game. playing basically because injuries facilitated that as well. You know, Moreno starts the season, doesn't he, at left-back and only... And he's playing really well. Well, was playing really well. And then his, his injury allows Robertson to finally get in the team after, you know, Gareth, you're right, people saying... Um, or maybe he's not cutting it, you know, he's not even getting a sniff, he weren't seeing him on the bench, he's seen him in that Leicester League Cup game, which he impressed, but then you didn't see him again for a while, and then Trent, you know, if it wasn't for Nathaniel Klein's injury, it wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been seeing maybe Trent at all, because Joe Gomez was the natural cover, and then Gomez gets injured, and all of a sudden, Trent's thrusted in at the business end, and has excelled, but for, for me, you know, Gareth's talking about the development of Liverpool, there's nothing more exciting when we break, you know, seeing there was a period in the game, and it was I keep I keep saying it's almost like the red arrows. It's a very obvious thing to say, but it's Robertson, it's Trent wide, and then you've got Oxley, Chamberlain, Firmino, Salah, um, Mane, all running at yeah. You know, Jordan Henderson bombing up in support with Wijnaldum in behind, and you just see you could just see visibly Bournemouth going oh, fuck this you know how how can we do this again so you're talking about okay uh, we didn't plan for Trent so if you're Darren Moore at the weekend you're going keep an eye on that right back he's Andy but does that then allow Robertson to influence the game more you know you, there's that many good attacking options now that you, you can't plan for them all it's it's going to get to a point next season where I think we'll go back to that bit where there's just going to, people are going to be throwing 11, 11 men behind the ball and trying to... And you've to, got Keita joining well, as well. No, so. I think the, the pace, the pace is the big thing, you know, but I think you've all mentioned in different ways the pace. This time last season, we were we were securing top four, which has given us the springboard for where we are now. But my God, did we look pedestrian. We had mm. Lucas in a... Te- Lucas was playing holding midfield. Yeah, and he was doing, it, didn't we? And he was doing a good job, but he was, he was, he was dogging it week by week. Now you know you. I thought I thought it was noticeable three or four times at the weekend. Henderson just went. I'm, I'm running forty yards now, lads. I'm going to just run forty yards and give them something to worry about. You know, last season Mane gets gets injured for the last three months, and we, we were a side showing up pace. Mm. Now we've got Mane, but he's not our fastest player. Oxley Chamberlain's probably quicker. Yeah. Salah's probably quicker. Uh, Alexander Arnold's attacking from right back, and he's able to do so because he knows he's got the security. Whereas last season, Klein and Milner at this stage, Milner was shattered. Klein was probably quite shattered as well. And they were just staying in the back four. They were just sitting there thinking, we've just got to get through this. It is, insofar as the fact that we might well end up with the same number of points and we might just get over the line in a, in a, in a not dissimilar way, it's simultaneously chalk and cheese, Paul. Yeah, but the, then I'm looking at that, Neil. You mentioned all them last time. And then Firmino's playing in that pedestrian side you're talking about. But 
when we're flying forward, I'm going, look at the speed of Firmino. Yeah. He, he didn't he didn't look quick in that time. Well, that's because no one else was moving. So there wasn't the same urgency to have to move. No one else but could go that he's quick. He's now got to absolutely sprint to keep up. And it's, yeah, these these lads, I mean, when that, that around that Sunderland game, the African Cup of Nations time that last season, it was that 2nd of January, I think yeah. it was. Um, and, and Mane goes, and we've got no pace at all. And we look dreadful. Like we'd look so reliant on one player, but, you know. There's an argument he's maybe been our fourth best player this this year. I mean, in recent weeks he's been he's been tremendous, man. Yeah. But the 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 improvement in such a short period of time is phenomenal. It strikes me, Jay, that there's the other thing is the goals and. When you were all talking before, let's talk about Firmino almost before you talk about Salah. Salah's got 40, Firmino's got 25, now all comps. To put that in context, this millennia, the other players who've scored 25 or more all comps for Liverpool in a season are Michael Owen, Fernando Torres, Luis Suarez and Mo Salah. There's no one, that, that, that's it, he's the fifth He's the fifth man to do it this uh, since since the year 2000 for Liverpool, which is absolutely startling. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's, the, it's the contribution he's having to the team. You know, he is... He's that fulcrum, isn't he? You know, it, it it's hard to do without him. Um, I think I think you can find ways to do it, but it's harder to do it without him. I think, you know, when we're talking about players you might like to sign in the summer, you need a, an alternative or a, you know, a replacement to him. Um, build, you know, try and find that better for me. You know? think what strikes me I don't, though, I don't think that's easy, but I think but I think you want that player that can can, can have that contribution to the team and get them goals it, it, it's phenomenal what he's done because there's lots of times you see him get the ball and he, he's passing it to someone else and it's like you could have scored there mate he done it on Saturday it's, he, he literally just needs to roll it past the goalie and he tries to make he tries to go round the, like to the side of the goalie because what he's thinking to himself is I just want to roll this to Mo Salah so Mo Salah can score yeah. so there's a few where you think you could just bang that mate a few where he's pulled it back to someone else and someone else has passed it to someone and scored and it's like I mean, you could have easily had a shot. There's lots of strikers you'd be saying, I oh, deserve that there. He made, he, made, he made the run, made the space himself. He deserves a bang there. But he's, he, he doesn't think like that. His game intelligence must be incredible. It, it, it strikes me, Paul, that there's, we start the season saying, you know, he's, he, how important he is to us. And then there's always that but around the numbers. Now it should be, he's this important to us. And there's the numbers. Mm. That this is now, you know, if he, he's on 25, let's say he finishes 27, 28. There's no reason to think that he won't get another couple mm. before the end of the season. He might get more than that. But you're able to say, he, he, he offers us everything he offers us. And, and he looks like he's, a, he's a, well, he is this season a 25 goal a season man. And that is huge. That isn't the idea of you carrying him because he's getting 12, but you think he's offering a great deal. This is, a, this is as I say, it's, the, it, it's in the top five returns any Liverpool, any Liverpool forward's got since the year 2000. That, that's how good a return this is from Firmino. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you're right. But I think we were right to maybe slightly question it because he was a 15 goal a year lad, but he's obviously developed under the manager, the whole team is so much better to create so many more chances and he's he's been one of the main beneficiaries of that. But you can you can just see you can see the the um the collectiveness of that front three. You know, I think Jay's absolutely right. He, Bobby Firmino could have just banged that. But it, he you know the game was all but all but done and he just wants Mo Salah to, to score. But it's it's everything he gives you, isn't it? I mean, there's there's such an it's such an obvious point, but you know, the the press and the winning the ball back the absolute graph I mean we've had to play like this in the past in Dirk out and he, he was a good footballer 
But he's not, he was never going to give you 25 goals. You're happy with Deco getting you 12 or 13 because of all the other things he does. But now you've got a lad who does, who, who's probably going to get a, a Fernando Torres-esque goal return, but gives you all the stuff that you were willing to take a sacrifice on Deco for. So it's a brilliant combination. I, th- I would probably say he's still our, our most important player or is, is the system's most important player, but it's obviously... Therefore, supplemented with a lad who scored 40 goals. Uh, beginning to move along. Um, oh, can we just talk about our boss, Le Poulain? <laughs> well, no forever. My point, 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 which I was going to go on to, uh, we tried to, we touched on Celery before. I want to come back to him at the very end to celebrate him then. Moving it along, it keeps the gap to Chelsea, um, Gareth. It's West Brom next weekend. Now, look, they've got themselves a tidy little result uh, against United at the weekend. So they're not dead and buried in terms of whether or not they're going to stay up or go down at this stage. And that's. They've also uh, not lost a match this season where they've been managed by Darren Moore or Gary Megson, um, which, you know, puts into context the fact that they maybe shouldn't shouldn't have been managed by Alan Pardew at any stage. And it's not like their players are all slyly saying that in every press conference or interview they can. But it's more that the other thing I'm looking at now is City have lost six since the turn of the year. Um, And City are obviously brilliant. They've been confirmed as champions this weekend. They've been the best team in the country uh, in league football this season by a mile. No arguments. No one around this table has argued with that. But what I'm saying is that this now is a club that can go deep in Europe and not compromise the league for. And I think think for the manager, that's massive. I think next season, if we are closer to City and we're in a bit of a ding-dong with them, but we're still progressing in Europe as well, the manager can turn around and say, lads, you've done this. You've, yeah. done, you've, you've, you've lived this you've already done one of them. they haven't you've lived one of these and they haven't and to me that's that's huge isn't it to be able to say yeah. to the players as a group and you didn't have Naby Keita he's been great this season but you, have, you didn't even have him last season you know this idea of being able to say we've all done this now boys we're doing it now yeah exactly because that's what Liverpool obviously need to be able to do and that's where there's been maybe a difficulty in the past that you know the drop off um, in, in your squad you know has been has been too 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 much basically. I mean, there's one you always reference, isn't he? Where uh, you know when we're going toe to toe with United, and like you know they're bringing on Tevez and and all stuff like this, and who are we bringing on Elzar? Yeah. Um, and, and you know there's still, there's, still, there's still a little bit of that with Liverpool in that you know the front three is is, is obviously amazing. We've got Kaita to come in, who's obviously deeper. But then you know we, we saw at Everton maybe that that's where you're looking to improve. You're looking to improve on on Ings and Solanke basically. But you know it's a it's a much easier sell if you if you get into the semis or the final or winning the Champions League. It's much easier sell when you're consistently in the top four, and and hopefully you know that's going to be the case. That for the first time you know we'll be in consecutive European cups, and it's the first time for what eight nine years I think. Um, so so all all the all the things point in the right direction. It's like the home record as well. I think the 19 unbeaten at home in the league now, which is which is you know essentially a full season there when when you add on the ones from the end of last season or whatever it is so so there's loads of pointers now that that as you say you can turn around to the players now and say with confidence and mean it we're in a position here where we can challenge for the title and you know me and Paul were talking before about you know there's lots of talk today from from City and, and from commentators around football about you know City can now build this dynasty and go on and win it over and over and all that sort of thing and there's loads of loads of things to say, you know, yeah, they can, they've got a great manager, they've got a great group of players, they'll no doubt spend some money in the summer as well. But equally though, there's there's loads of things that can go wrong in any football season for any football club. And all I've ever wanted for Liverpool for, for a long time now is just to always be in the position ready to take the advantage. 
And it, it still really annoys me that Leicester won the league. Like, it's like, how were Leicester there to go and do it? Why wasn't it us? And what we've we've just got to consistently be at the top and challenging. And you can't you can't you can't make them win the league because sometimes it's out of your hands, the circumstances around injuries, around how good another club is, you've got no control over that. But if Liverpool are consistently up there, consistently still playing football that is meaningful at this stage of the season, then our year will come. And hopefully it will be next year. And hopefully it will be my lifetime. But you know, <laughs> but you know, it, it does feel like it's coming. And obviously we've been here before and and ultimately ended in disappointment. But none of that actually matters. Like I that I wrote something last week about the idea around typical Liverpool and all this sort of stuff and the fact that you got so near but you didn't do it. None of that matters. Different manager, different time, different group of players and the mindset from this group of players right now is absolutely spot on. So why can't the mindset from the supporters be the same? Because when we're all together, we're boss, you know. But the other reason why it doesn't matter is what's so what? Well, you're not meant to enjoy Saturday because because we might not win the European Cup this season and it might go wrong at some point. You know what I mean? Like, like surely this is it, Gareth. This is what we're all in it for. We're all in it for to, 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 to be on this journey. In that, you know, there's something that occurred to me when City, when actually when City did win the league, was, you know, how desperate I am to have one of them. And it, then I thought, you know, we'd have some week afterwards. And then I thought, so what would you do then, Akko? You've got to do this. You've got to come into work. Yeah. And I'd be, I thought I'd be sitting around the table with, you, with, 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 with people like you three going... So I would retain it then, boys, because that's this. This this is how it works, and you know the thing is, it is all about grabbing those bits of enjoyment. And I think that was one of the things that struck me about Saturday was how much how good it was to enjoy just going to watch Liverpool, a fantastic Manchester being in the week. That this is, you know, this is this this is one of our best seasons this decade. The idea you've got to worry about it because something might go wrong tomorrow is 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 quite crazy. I think. Yeah, and you know. No one, no one I know is doing that anymore, and that's a good thing because you know we're all different, and obviously, like you know, we're all wired a little bit differently, and we see things in a, through our own lens, if you like. But you know, everyone was absolutely buzzing at the match. I mean, look, you know, the, with it being the time of year that it is, there is, there is a certain sadness around the club, and we, we, you know, we'll all know people who are affected by this time of year. And I thought, you know, the mosaic and the the applause and everything else. Good, great, and, and great to see so many people talking positively on social media yesterday as well from all around the world. So, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of that there always at this time of year, but that aside, you know, I thought everyone, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's bouncing about the club, everyone's made up, the sun was out as well. And, and I've said it before, but say it again, how many times in, in your time supporting Liverpool, watching Liverpool, have you got to this stage of the season? There's just been nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to play for. There's nothing to look forward to. There's loads of spares kicking around because no one can can be <laughs> asked. And you, you yourself, you're, you're looking at your own ticket. Oh, mm, well, my mates are going to be in a beer garden and I'm going to match. And you, you know you wouldn't be able to shift it. But it's right now, it's, it's the other way around. Like, like we should probably put it out there on record that we're not the ticket office and we can't sort you a ticket <laughs> for the semi or the final line. Like, <laughs> you want to see the one? <laughs> you want to see the one that's ticket difference from now? Just at the Anfield app or on the Facebook subscribe. We can't sort you. Honestly, we'd love to sort you all, but we can't. And they're all coming on. Any chance? Cole's going to be a petty decoy later with tickets. Hey, don't don't try to get seated on side. You'll be like, yeah, he will be there. Yeah. Just, just, just buy a drink and they'll vanish out the back. Everyone, <laughs> everyone who spends over £50 gets the opportunity to speak to Neil about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, no. let's, be, let's be clear on that point. No, um, I think Gareth's original point is absolutely right. You know, um, you're allowed to enjoy this because 
progresses a thing to be enjoyed, you know, and yes. and okay, it might not end in a trophy in the camera, but it's then what if? What if he builds on that? You know, since the turn of the year, since Phil Coutinho leaves, look at look at how good we've been, you know, it's you know, the opportunity for when Oxley Chamberlain comes into midfield and we start looking like a bit of a different side. I, I, I feel like celebrate that. Don't you know we we could well go and win the European Cup and that'd be amazing. But if we don't, don't don't just go oh, another another trophyless season at Liverpool. This is one where you go, oh, okay, that sets the tone for where we're going next year. And if you're any top talent across Europe and you're looking for your next move, Liverpool would excite you. The other thing as well is fans, players, and manager are as one for the mm. first time completely in ages. Not just because of the business end of the season and stuff like that, but you're just seeing the players love it. It matters to them. It matters to the fans, the players. Jordan Henderson's comments about buying Cup 1906 in the programme at the weekend yeah, were absolutely spot on. They're going out the way, going out the way to, to, to praise fans. Actually, Chamberlain, is going, you know, I think we're going to have yeah. to start a crowdfunding soon because he's going to have to be buying loads of shirts because he's giving away every week. But he, I think they, they acknowledge the little things they can do that can really mean a lot to fans. Fans are getting in there and they're naturally up for it. You know, there were even people sitting down by me on Saturday who were singing. You know, and that's a rarity. Some of them stand up and don't sing, but they're joining in. Everyone is just is pulling in that same direction. And, you know, there's lots of things they criticise the club for or question them on. But, you know, I, I do feel the club as a whole, and, you know, Liverpool Football Club is moving in the same direction to say, you know, we've all got a part, part to play in us being great. And, you know, hopefully we... We get a bit of reward for that. That, this that collective positive thing for me. I mean, a routine sort of game against Bournemouth at home doesn't normally have the whole ground bouncing on about fifty-five minutes. And you know, you can see Liverpool going to win the game. It's not. It's not the best game we're going to play at Anfield, but it's by far from not the worst game at Anfield we're going to play all season. But the positivity just—it was bouncing at one yeah, part of the ground. Yeah, there was a decent LA, LA, LA got, got going on the cough, wasn't there? Where everyone just thought it was. And I think because like, I think everyone's saying, come on, yeah, what next? Let's come on. What next? Yeah. This is no longer saying, oh, this is good. This is like, what next? Come on. How how much better can we get? How much more can we take this? And that's a good. That's that's something I know. And we can talk about this forever. We don't know what'll happen next season, but it, there's a genuine air of positivity. Whatever happens now this season, where people are thinking, you know what. This is good, you know, because none of us, not, I don't think any of us could hand on art and say, right, we absolutely should win the European Cup. We're going to come up against teams, right, that can do it. So if we, if it's just that we fall short, we just fall short. And we'll all be thinking to ourselves, how good is that? We've only got to do this now to close that gap. It's no longer, we've got to do all of these things. And we've already started doing some of it, as discussed earlier on. Liverpool have only drawn one home game in the second half of the season, uh, as opposed to draws earlier in the season, which muddy the waters. They're already making that progress with an eye on next year. We talked about that on the review show later on, uh, on the Anfield Apps Player Service, which is £5 a month. You can get that conversation. You can also get, we've got a transfer show this week coming up. We've got the European show with Paul Senior, uh, looking at what, what's going on in leagues right the way across Europe, and also obviously with one eye on the semi-finals of the European competitions this year uh, we've got our Friday show our preview show you're doing your big question as well aren't you you yeah. said what you're doing it on yet I, I, I think, it, I think that it, is the big question <laughs> no I think it's, it is next year our year Oh, huge. Oh. <laughs> you want to be listening to that? Oh, uh, Rob was laying it down. Five pounds a month for all this. Holy Evan United oh, fans are going to be all over that. That's why I'm doing it. Yes, I'm doing it. Days of arguing with players. Perfect time to do that <laughs> show <laughs> as well, because they've got nothing they can say yeah. for themselves. Days of arguing you with players. You get to go back to them and say, both of them and say, well, it's next year, your year. Know, at some yeah. point, exactly. it's going to be boss. Um, oh, I can't wait to that. All of that. All of that to come. That's just this week as well on the Anfield Apps Player. Uh, a few weeks back as well, if you didn't listen to it, we did a long interview with 
Trent Alexander-Arnold at the minute. Trent is absolutely on fire. If you get the opportunity, go back and listen to that as well. It was really kind of them to come and talk to, talk to us about that. And it also underlines some of the points Jay was making before, that there's genuine efforts of the club that everyone's going in the same, same direction, that a lot of these efforts are actually coming from the characters of the players. Uh, I mentioned before West Brom that they got the win at Old Trafford. They also put an application in last season, and we just want to touch on it briefly uh, for next season, sorry, for uh, to, to, to bring in uh, a safe stand and stand. And they did it all on safety grounds, was the, uh, the argument they put over Jay. Um, it was knocked back there was a statement that was released I got in touch with the Department for Culture, Media and Sport and some other stuff uh, last week and I got the same statement that everybody else got so if you know the statement it's out there it seems to me that this is a conversation about is going to have to be a conversation where we're trying to supporters need to put over to government there's a petition going at the moment do sign it we'll tweet it out but about the importance of the government listening to supporters at this stage I'm um, I'm quite surprised at the government's position really um, or lack of a position I suppose you should say because They've come out and said no, but I haven't clarified why. You know, and they've started talking about this. There's existing rules in place, but anyone who goes to a football match knows that it's not... This isn't about saying, oh, we want to break the rules to find us a way to do it. This is about saying, you know, it's evolved, it's changed. Um, but not really put in place, not said, these people are breaking the rules, make them sit down, we're going to enforce it. Not really saying, well, this is how we'll do that. Ignoring the recommendations of clubs. You know, we had that vote because... What we did never wanted was 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 Hillbrook Liverpool fans being used as a reason for it not to happen. If we hadn't been asked, you know, whether ever whether it ever happens at Liverpool, um, you know, is a separate conversation. Other clubs want it to happen. You know, the the, the very advanced in those conversations, and you know, Tracy Couch's way of of approaching it and TCMS's way of of putting it out there was was somewhat surprising and, and disrespectful of, of football fans really, because it almost implies this thing of you know we know better for you. You know, it's that it's that old mindset of football fans are just just football fans. It's never the four individuals that we are behind. You know, going to the match. It's it's that you don't know, and you know we. You know, people will be aware. We've had lots of conversations on this. You know, how can it be safe at Celtic and not a and not at West Brom? I just I just you know we we've been to Celtic recently. Are you saying Celtic are, are, are doing something on safe? Because if they are, you really need to take some action. You need to do something about that. You need to go and speak to the police up there who are saying it's fine. And you need to go and speak to the, the head of security and stadium who's speaking in Parliament on the 1st of May because you really need to tell them something that they clearly don't know. Um, but if it's that you don't want to do it, if that there is some other reason, if you're scared of upset or anger, if you're just not sure it's the right step to do, come out and have that conversation. Mm. Let's have a grown-up adult conversation about it instead of the, you know leaving the gap for it to be filled by others. Let's have a proper grown-up adult conversation about that. You know, we're willing to do that. You know, we have we keep going to the ground safety advisory group in, in the city uh, and telling them we're having this conversation. We're going back to them again to say, you know, you know, our conversations have been furthered now by us having visited Celtic. We want to know what you think. You know, more people are getting in touch with us to want to have that conversation. There's a need, I think, for the government to come out and and explain themselves. I don't, Just, I don't think they can, and I, I think that, well, that and that, that, that's my opinion on it. That you know, you straight away the statement doesn't say anything, and then Tracy Crouch is, is quizzed on at a further point, and then starts talking about you know there being regulations in place to enforce uh, people sitting down in, in in stands and this sort of stuff. And, and to describe the fans who support across the country who support safe standing as a, a, a rail seating as a vocal minority is simply not based in fact because there's been surveys of almost every set of fans across the country. All of all of them seemingly coming home as they want it, they're interested in it. And when you look at the number of clubs as well 
who, you know, publicly or otherwise have made that clear, you know, so West Brom obviously took a furthest, but it's well known that Manchester United are interested, it's well known that Tottenham Hotspur are interested, Norwich are interested, um, Shrewsbury obviously much lower down the leagues and different laws applying, but they're, they're looking to be one of the, well, the first in England and Wales to, to, to put something in place. So, it's just not satisfactory the sort of the line that's come out so far. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And as Jay says, it it requires explanation. You can't operate at that level of government and just say it's because it's because we don't want to change our position and that's it. Because we know from what we've done that they've been presented with loads of evidence, even from their own departments, their own quangos, whatever you want to call them. They've been presented with evidence that says it's safer for them to be in this rather than that. So therefore, why you know the question for me if I was ever facing a government minister on this would be, well, why are you compromising safety? Because that's what you appear to be doing. Because we're the people who are going week in, week out and seeing across the country, Adam Field included, you know, people standing up for 90 minutes. I mean, we did that again against Bournemouth and Bournemouth's not even a big game. I mean, you know, we've done City home and away, Everton away. All these, all the games lately, I've stood up for 90 minutes and, and everyone around me has... And they're choosing to do so. It's habit. It's what they want to do. It's how they want to enjoy the game. So to not be prepared to offer this choice to fans doesn't really make a lot of sense. Jay? No, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. And there's nothing, you know, and I think this is why we need to have that honest conversation. You know, the, the key thing in all of this is Lord Justice Taylor wrote a report on the lessons of Hillsborough. And, you know, the, the key line of his within that was when introducing all see the stadium, that fans would get used to to sitting. They haven't. They, 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 they just clearly haven't. Are we really saying we can never go back and revisit those things? You know, our obligation as Liverpool fans should be to ensure that the, the legacy of Hillsborough, we learn the lessons from it. Now, at that time, Lord Justice Taylor writes a, writes a report where the only options that I can see he has are terracing and leaving it up to the authorities and the football clubs yeah. to, to have safe terracing. Nobody was really going to trust him to do that after the experiences that he, he picked up, you know, not just because of Hillsborough, you know, yesterday United fans and others sharing their experiences of going to Hillsborough over the years. No, not just that disaster on the 15th of April. Yeah, not just the 15th of April. for eight, but ten years. Yes, mm. Hillsborough was, was, a, was, yeah. a, was a bad place to go to. Other stadiums were bad places to go to. It needed that change. So he's faced with that or this idea, which has been pitched and put forward and, you know, clearly advocated by people in power uh, and with some uh, decision-making responsibility that we can have all-seater stadia. And they pursue that. But rail seating wasn't an option then. Hmm. Now, why can't we say maybe there's a maybe there's something in the middle? Maybe there's an alternative? But, but I think the other key thing within this as well is, we, is whatever model we have has got to be safe, but we should be talking about comfort and choice. Because there are people on the cop who have to stand because others want to stand. And they're going to have to have that conversation. And that's a really difficult position for Liverpool to be in. There's no easy solution to that, really. But having this thing where you can say, well, people who want to stand can do so comfortably and safely. Safely in the, in the relative minor sense of the word. You know, no risk of death. It's more, you know, small and minor injuries. Having been up at Celtic and seeing it and being a part of it, it just feels better to be part of when you're standing on a football match you're not cramped you're not you're not worried about the person behind you knocking into you you're not worried about trying to, people trying to squeeze out to get out the ass it just works and I think we've got to have that conversation about something that works for fans 
Okay, uh, thank you very much to Jay, to Paul and to Gareth. Uh, Liverpool's done brilliantly there against Bournemouth earlier this weekend and there's a conversation that'll be ongoing around, or hopefully a conversation that'll be ongoing around Rail Seaton over the next weeks, months and possibly years. Listen, today's free show was supported by Reds Bet, but we're partnering with them for the entirety of 2018 and we're pleased to do so. They're an online gaming platform who are trying to seek partnerships with supporters that enable profits to be used uh, specifically for fan causes and other initiatives that matter to supporters. This week, they're going to be launching a small competition from now until the end of the season based around fantasy football. So it's the idea that the last four games of the season uh, gives the opportunity uh, to, to win prizes uh, across the last four games. We're going to be tweeting out about that. You'll be able to see that. It's their competition that they're running on their website, but it's one that they're designed specifically for Anfield Rap listeners. So do get involved in that. Have a look at what the prizes are and go from there. Uh, but thank you very much for listening this week. Thank you to everybody uh, subscribe if you haven't uh, please have a think about that we'll see you in a bit it's no better time for being a red and it's a terrible time for being a blue Sports Social Podcast Network